Okay. Hi, this is Nancy Urell, and welcome to Nancy's Psychic View on the High Road to Humanity. And today I have a fabulous guest all the way from England. Lorraine McAdam is here today. And Lorraine, welcome to the show. Thank you. <laughs> Hi. Hi, I'm so excited you're here. Now, what part of England are you joining us from? Where are you exactly? Are you in um, I Yes, I'm in Cumbria, UK, which is a very beautiful part of England. It's the English Lake District where I live. Um, lots of mountains and lakes. Um, I don't know whether you've heard of Wayne Wright. He did all of our, he climbed all of our mountains here. Uh, so I live about 20 minutes away from the Lake District, which is a very beautiful place. Wow. People come on holiday. Yeah. Well, she's going to talk to us about phantoms in the night, or are they ETs? So yes. she's had a lifelong experience of contact with the paranormal. And I'm going to read her bio real quick, but we're going to be talking about the extraterrestrial. We're going to talk about uh, communication and there's more and more people who are communicating and there's more and more sightings. And we'll talk about that too. But Lorraine Mc. McDam is an artist, writer, and poet. In the past, she worked as a nurse for 12 years. At 45, she trained to become a teacher, and she has been an English teacher for 12 years now, and she now runs her own tuition business. You have to tell me what that is. She's also... Uh, it's, um, is... I'll tell you in a minute. Sorry. Okay. It's a private, private tuition for, you know, sort of extra lessons for children that are struggling with whatever area of English. I teach right across all the age groups. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, we call it tutoring and you so, call, that's really interesting, the the different, you know, how, how you call yeah. it in business. Yeah. <laughs> So she's also yeah. <laughs> and that she believes she has been having encounters with the paranormal, with ETs and UFOs since she was a child. And um, I guess I just want to start out with uh, the beginning. I mean, tell us your story. You've always been an empath. You've always seen spirits. Um, when did it really begin? When's your first memory, I guess, of uh, contact? Do you mean with ETs or when yeah. did I first see something? Well, like whatever, yeah. 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 Um, well, um, when I was about eight, um, I used to be able to see these two guys, and it was almost like a projector would project onto my ceiling, like a holograph of these two. One was very dark and handsome, had quite olive skin. The other one was pale blonde, also handsome. And it looked as if these two were somewhere in space because I could see long windows behind them, these enormous windows, and they would go down to the ground. Um, and I could see all the stars through them. And I don't know, I don't remember what I said to them, but I know I used to have conversations with them on a regular basis. And one day my father came in and caught me and he said, who are you talking to? And I didn't want to admit that I was talking to these two. Uh, guys, so I just said, nobody, I'm just talking to myself, Dad. Uh, and because I was quite a shy child, I think he just wrote it off as I got an imaginary friend or something, but I knew it wasn't because I could see this. Um, but then abruptly that they kind of just disappeared 
when I was about 10. But I always felt with these two that they were familiar and that I knew them um, and that they were looking out for me somehow. That's all I can tell you about that. So that was very early memory. Um, the next thing, when my parents broke up, unfortunately, when I was 11, um, and I went to visit my dad in his house that he bought, I used to go after school. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I saw uh, the ghost of a, a man at the top of the stairs. He was in pyjamas. He was a little bald man. And it really frightened me. So I went next door and I described what I'd seen to the next door neighbour. And she said, you've actually seen the ghost of the guy that died. It said, she said, it sounds just like the guy that died there. He died on his own. And then shortly after that, I started to hear whispering uh, and voices and um I thought nothing of it and I told my dad about it, but he just wrote it off as I had a vivid imagination, he said. Um, and so he said, tell them to get lost if they keep bothering you, uh, which, of course, didn't work at all. Uh, and then um, this would be, I would kind of mid-70s, and then it got more terrifying because what happened was uh, that um, I would be paralysed. I couldn't even move my neck or open my mouth to scream. That's how bad it was. Uh, and then um, I would hear this awful buzzing noise. For want of a better way of describing it, it sounded like bees, but you know when you hear a lot of bees buzzing in a bee's nest? Yeah. It sounded like that, but it would start outside of my body and then it would fill my whole body up from top to toe and I'd be vibrating. And then I'd just black out. And after a while, um, I thought there's something weird going on here because it kept happening to me on a regular basis from being 12 right through to 16. And um, what I ascribed it to at first, because I've been brought up as a Catholic, was that it was um, some kind of demon, att attempt at demon possession or demon oppression. I wasn't sure which. Yeah, um, didn't you go to a church at one point? And I just, I don't want to give away your whole book. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, at, one, yeah, at one point you go to the church and you tell them, and 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 that's kind of where the demon part came in, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and they said um, to check around my room for anything pagan, any pagan objects. Uh, and the thing they found was this, uh, it was only a China horseshoe, but they said that was a pagan object. And so my friend was a... It was very zealous, took it off the wall and stamped on it, and it just went everywhere. And I just thought she'd lost her mind or something. <laughs> I thought, what are you doing? And she says, this is it, this is the source of it. But of course oh, it God. wasn't. Right. Um, but at, what, I, <laughs> what, what I want to stress is that at the time, I did not connect any of this with ET phenomena. I hadn't seen a UFO. Oh, sorry. It's just saying your internet connection is unstable. Yeah, um, it's a little bit. It's going uh, in and out. I hope that doesn't. No, we're okay. We're okay. We can. Still yeah, sorry about that. Do you want? Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I can move if you like to near the route. Um, so what what happened was, um, I just thought, oh my god, you know. Um, what can I, I just didn't connect it at all with ETs. And it was only in the early 90s when I read uh, Whitley Stryber's Communion and I saw the face. I've got a picture of it here of the, the original book. May I hold it up? Yes, um, yes, and yes. I saw please. this. Um, and I thought, my God, I know that face because I'd seen them uh, during when I was paralyzed. Right. Um, um, and if I might just go back as well. Yes. Um, yes. They were, I think they were trying to tell me we're physical, we're not demons, because one time they put me back outside my house, 
house uh, and I had to knock on the door to be let back in by my mum who thought I'd gone totally loony and threatened to make me see a psychiatrist. She accused me of climbing down just to get the attention of knocking her up and being let back in, which is completely mad. Um, and I tried to tell her at the time it wasn't me, but she wouldn't have it. And then another time... Yeah, I was taken and they'd actually drawn these hieroglyphic symbols all over the back of my nightdress in black crayon and I could feel them doing it. They paralysed me while they were doing it to let me know, well, we're going to do this now. And it was almost like they were trying to get my attention to say, well, we're not demons, see, we're something physical. And um, when I came out of the paralysis, I looked and sure enough, there were all these hieroglyphics on my nighty and these cross-hatch patterns. And of course, being a child, I just put the nightdress in the laundry basket and my mum found it and was really cross because we weren't very wealthy. There was just me and her. And she said, you can't keep ruining all your clothes, drawing all of them. She accused me of drawing on them because I, I'm actually an artist as well. So see, Bob, <laughs> I, have to, I have to ask a question. What were the hieroglyphics? Yeah. What were they supposed to? Do you remember the symbolism or what they meant? They looked. They, yeah, they, um, all I can remember when often, people often ask me this was that they resembled uh, Egyptian hieroglyphs, and that's all I can remember. And strangely, when I um, have consulted several psychics about past lives, all of them, without exception, separately of each other, have said, you had a past life uh, in ancient Egypt. So I wonder if this was them trying to say, we've known you before and we're coming back again. You know, well, yeah, well, yeah, you wonder. Okay, so I'm going to skip ahead a little bit (laughs) because, (laughs) well, no, because you talk about okay, there's a couple things. One, you talk about the bloodline. You and I don't know if I'm pronouncing is it rhesus negative bloodline? How do you pronounce that? Is that right? That's right, yes, yeah, that's right. You pronounce it correctly, okay, and how. So you have this bloodline and that is connected with alien DNA. Talk to me a little bit about that. Yes, yeah, it's in my um, father's side of the family. Um, Unfortunately, uh, the relative in question is deceased now. But um, I I knew that because uh, she used to give blood. Um, But, um, yeah, I mean... It's very difficult. Um, I've, I've read that it comes from the Anu, they call them the Anunnaki, didn't they? Um, and it just means they've got from sky to earth came, of course. So we're not sure. Um, also, I am Celtic, as you'll see from my name, Macadam, um, which I've traced back uh, as a result of all this happening to me. Um, and it goes right back to... Um, Scandinavian Nordic people uh, and and it came right through France so so I've come from Norman people who came from the Vikings uh, and then invaded as Normans you know with, with Frank do we say Frankicized I don't know yeah um, and yeah yeah and I've descended from a Norman Lord um, and what I also found out was that if you have the M small C in front of your name it means that one of your ancestors went on crusade to Jerusalem um, so I, I, I uh, have surmised that I've come from somebody of m- not major nobility, but minor nobility on dad's side. Um, and we're connected to the de Gordon clan, which is a French name. Uh, okay, now I'm going to have to tell you. So I'm yeah. a I'm a McConaughey. <laughs> oh, right. So it's very similar. Yeah, it's very similar to everything you just guess. Yeah, I never I ne- but I did not know. I've been to Scotland to look up the family, but I didn't know about the little C. 
Oh, yeah, uh, I found that. And also on, on our family crest, on both the de Gordon one and the McAdam one, is the fleur-de-lis, and that will become significant later when I talk about what happened to me in 95, you asked me about that, because I actually saw the fleur-de-lis on board uh, what I believe to, to have been a mothership. Um, and I saw also the Celtic cross. Um, so this is what made me start to look into my ancestry because I thought, is it something in my DNA that they're attracted to was my first question. Right. Um, but, I, but I've also since had a, a DNA test and um, found that my mum has also French blood in her. Um, and they said they couldn't be sure if it came from um northern spain as well so of course there could be a connection there so i'm a bit of a dolly mixture really genetically <laughs> well i'm going to tell you what i think when i read in your book that you said you're a volunteer here that your soul came down yes, to your body as a volunteer to me not to be out there or anything that makes the most sense because yeah i agree i absolutely agree yeah yeah i think you can and, and this is what i feel as an intuitive because i'm gonna i'll just tell you what i think as i That's read fine. yeah as i read this i really felt that um you you did come from a family that is uh you know still out there in outer space and they're just checking in on you because at one point you say that all of this you weren't doing so well in school like you did okay but then when yeah, you started, I wasn't doing right. Yeah, but once you started to have these encounters, then you started to do very well in school. I, I did. Uh, it was almost like I call it an intelligence upgrade. I think I got because it was remarkable what happened. Because all the way through junior school, I really struggled, and yeah. of course, back in the seventies, I don't know what it was like in America, but you could chuck chalk and board dusters at kids' heads back then, and nobody could do anything about it. So I frequently got the board duster ricocheting off my head uh, oh. because I wouldn't recite all my tables, um, and also because I would make a mistake in my English, or and I couldn't use a compass to save my life in. My maths to draw a circle and things like that and then I went to I, I managed to scrape through um and get through to the uh <laughs> kind of what they call the the bottom middle grades in England I don't know what you'd call that in America right so, and, well uh, elementary we call it elementary ele elementary yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, so I wasn't the brightest uh, cookie in the jam jar so to speak um, <laughs> oh we say you're not the brightest crayon in the box that's what we say. yes it's the same it's the same and um I kind of um, struggled really in everything and it kind of went wee over my head, you know, and I felt like it was half of it was double dutch, especially in maths. I hated maths. I would deliberately sit at the back just to avoid having to answer questions because he'd pick on you and say, so what does this mean or what's the answer to that? And I wasn't great at English. I could just about scrape by in English. I knew where to put my commas, but that was about it. I never thought if you told me I would end up being an English teacher, I would have laughed in your face, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, what happened was that as I was being taken quite regularly, I believe now when I look back on it, although I have to stress at the time, I didn't realise I was being taken uh, by ETs. But uh, by the time I got into second year, I suddenly had this like, if you want it upgrade or whatever you want to call it, uh, second year of what you call elementary. <laughs> And all of a sudden, I started coming top in every single subject. My dad couldn't believe it. I don't think my teachers could. I, <laughs> I came third from the top in maths um, of the year, the whole year. I came first in English out of the whole year. 
And all of a sudden, it all made sense to me, the science side of things, the English yeah. way. The math. And the maths. The math started to make sense. Um, And because of that, I got the, uh, you have to have a minimum of, well, you did back then, it's not the same now, but you had to have a minimum of what they call five DCs to go to nurse training because I really felt called to become a nurse. Mm -hmm. And I got that as a result of, I believe, the intelligence upgrade I wouldn't have got them otherwise. (laughs) I love it. I was really that is just, it's just crazy. All right. So I want to, you run into, you've seen a lot of apparitions, but then you've also seen a lot of um, ETs. You do talk about um, one encounter where you were at work, August of 1993. I don't want to put you on the spot, but this no, that's okay. You come. So, yeah, um, this was, but... you were at work, I think, and you saw you were, you were a nurse. And there were two alien creatures at work, and you. Yes, that's right. So I'm just getting time. Yeah, you lost some time there. Um, Yes, that's right. Yeah, around in in the round page 60s. And I thought that was really interesting that you keep seeing these people. Well, this is what's puzzled me as well. And I've kind of kept it inside me because every time when I've tried to tell people, including my own mum and close family members, yes, I've seen either a craft or an ET, they just look at me like I'm completely mad and dismiss you as some kind of nutcase. So I quickly learned to keep my mouth shut. But this actually happened, I think, for a reason myself, um, because the staff I I was working with knew that I was um, a a psychic because I have the gift of psychometry and have had that since I was 12 significantly. And I'd read the watches and rings and been quite accurate with some of the information I'd given quite a few of them. So they respected me and um, kind of knew I was a bit psychic. So what happened was this particular night, um, a buzzer went off and it was on the top floor significantly where the patients with dementia and uh, Alzheimer's wouldn't normally ring. They wouldn't think to ring a buzzer. We Obviously, you check on them regularly. Um, <clears throat> now, I was senior staff nurse, so I went. And uh, I came out of the lift and I rounded, you had to sort of round a bend to get to walk down the ward to where this buzzer was going off. It was a private ward. And um, right at the bottom of this corridor was stood the strangest pair of beings I've ever seen uh, before or since Um, and they didn't look human the male had I've done a drawing of him in my book Um, if people want to know what he looked like it's not brilliant but it shows what he looked like he had kind of large pointy ears they had like brown leathery looking skin Uh, and what really frightened me about them was that their eyes were glowing red and the female had a scarf wrapped around her uh, but still had glowing red eyes and similar uh, skin tone to the male. I felt it was a male and a female because she was smaller than him. He was a lot taller. Well, I saw these two and, of course, I just legged it because I thought, what the heck is going on here? And, and I ran into a bathroom and locked myself in. And to me, it had only been 10 minutes in my mind. But what happened was that, of course, I, I pulled the buzzer next to the, we call it the loo in England, do you call it the... Uh, the bathroom, yes, yes, the, the bathroom, the, the washroom. Um, and of course, a nurse would come and answer. And uh, the other staff nurse came that was on with me, and she said, We've been looking all over for you. Where the heck have you been? 
And I don't, at that point, I hadn't looked at my fob watch, but I did look at it significantly when I went up to answer, and it was 1am. And I was really shocked to see, because to me it had just been 10 minutes, that it was now 2am, because I was working a night shift. Um, and it was now 2am, and I thought, were 40 minutes of time gone? And it was like I had 40 minutes of missing time that I just could not account for. But I didn't say any of this to her, because I thought, you're just going to call me a loom. But the fact was, she said, we've looked on every floor for you. I've sent um, what you call nursing assistants. We call them auxiliary nurses, looking for you. Couldn't find you anywhere. Um, you know, until, uh, and isn't it strange that, you know, um, they couldn't find me? Um what do you they want? What do you think they what do you think that 40 minutes was? Was that them giving you information or receiving information? Or what do you think? What's your what's your feeling on this? What was the encounter about? What do you think? Um I wonder, because the first thing that went through my head after I told her, I tried to tell her what I'd seen, and she said, oh, you've just seen some ghosts, and they wrote it off as that because I'd already seen one ghost on that top floor of a little girl because it was built on the site of an old cotton mill. So they just dismissed it that I'd seen some more ghosts. They, they wrote it off, and I thought, well, I can't keep saying ETs. Are they going to think I'm a lunatic? So I just shut up after that. But I wonder if they gave me this experience so that I could now say, because uh, they knew in years to come that I would talk about it and they wanted me to have some evidence because let's face it, if something happens with you on your own, you've only got my word for it, but if something happens and there's eight people witness to it, that's a pretty powerful testimony that something's going on around you that is, to say the least, very strange. Um, and that's not the first time I've had witnesses to me being taken. My own family have witnessed me being taken too, uh, which I could come to later. But um, Has anybody, I, wonder, I want to ask you a quick question. Has anybody else in your family been taken? Not that I'm aware of, but... My youngest son had, does claim to have had to have seen a, a grey in his room. He was about ten, and uh, he, he came running, terrified to me, and he said, "Mummy, there's a monster in my room during the night." And I asked him, you know, immediately alarm bells went off because of my own background, and I asked him what he'd seen, and he described a typical grey. He said it's got big black eyes, huge black eyes, and it was stood over me. Um, and he also believes he's been pulled through the window um, and he was talking with an audit, but he, he, the only thing he could remember him telling him was that we're at least a thousand years ahead of you in our uh, technology. And that's pretty recent that that happened to him, yeah. So what do you feel? Do you feel that they're here because you're a relative? Do you think they're here to help us? Do you think you were given this information so you could come on my show today and write this book and talk about this and let other people know? What do you think? I think I was chosen, but, you know, going back to what you said about being a volunteer, um, and uh, Dolores Cannon talks about this. She says that there were three waves of volunteers that came to Earth uh, following the letting the atom bomb off, um, which really alarmed, sent alarm bells, I believe, through other ET races. Um, and I would say from evidence that we have had more um, activity with UFOs, etc. I would argue has become far more intense since, since we tested the first atom bomb. Um, although they have been visiting us for thousands of years. Um, and I believe that um, we're going through a, a massive 
um, see change as, as I speak. I feel that disclosure is happening now at this time. Um, and I'm not the first person um, to say that I, I wanted to, I felt that it was right time to tell my story um, was now. And I think we have been prepared to prepare others, if that makes sense, to let other people know hopefully gently that we are not alone in the universe that there are others and to help them to um understand that you know there are ets out there um i believe that with david grush coming forward with his information and congress as well uh that's ongoing am, am i right in that that the yeah. disclosure yeah, yeah. well they've, they've hidden it for so long um i'm from new mexico yeah. I'm in Arizona yeah. right now, but I was in New Mexico for many years and I've been to Roswell. And let me tell you what I think about. And I've talked to a lady. I'll just tell you this. And I want to get your feel on this because I feel this is this may be correct. She was young uh, and her father was working at Alamogordo, which is in like White Sands. I don't know if you're familiar. In yes. Mexico. OK. And she said that. Back in the late, I guess it was late 50s, early 60s. I, I don't know exactly, but around that time period that they were testing the bomb and that when they were testing it, they blew a hole in the atmosphere. And she yes. said, yeah, and she said they were in Alamogordo and she was a kid. She said, but her father was a security guard at the base. He was military. But she said all the cars of the people pulled over to the side of the road because all these ships were coming in the hole. Ah, right. Oh, because he, they blew a hole in the atmosphere when they did this. They're experimenting. And that's what let them in. And I so... I, that's what I know. And it kind of goes along with what you're saying to me today. Yeah. That yes. they opened a portal, you mean? Uh, that yes. wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah. Um, but also I think there is a definite concern on yeah. their part that we are in danger of blowing ourselves to kingdom come. Right. And they don't right. want us to do that because there is documented evidence of UFOs um, stopping Stop nuclear tests of course that's documented um and i think there's a real concern um and, and maybe this is why we were sent as well why I, I don't know whether you've heard of mary roswell she calls us star seats have you have you ever talked to mary roswell i haven't but i uh, but yeah i know we're called star seeds yes a lot of us yeah um so i believe that part of our job is to prepare humanity for um the fact that we are not alone, that, that there are other ET races out there and that they have concerns about us uh, for our environment and the way that we treat it. And I just believe that things are going to get better if they will let these hidden technologies out. But this is going to shock a lot of people. It's going to shock people to the core because they'll never have met or encountered anything in the skies or on the ground or... They wouldn't even have thought about the possibility of the being ETs because I hadn't, yeah. as I say, um, until I was hitting the face with that book, Communion, you know, really literally and got PTSD as a result because I had to face up to the fact 
that I've been interacting with ETs, not not demons after all, and it was a great shock. So I understand when people say we're not ready for contact, I can see why they would say that. Um, and I think that's why I think eventually I have a feeling we won't be called abductees. We'll come to be called witnesses um, to what we've seen and we, we'll be more respected because we haven't been respected. We've been treated terribly uh, as a result of this secrecy for the last 50 years. And we've been labelled as lunatics, of course, when I don't believe we are. I mean, I've got three degrees. I've got I've got uh, three degrees. I've got a bachelor's degree. I've got my f- further you know, de- de- degree in teaching, etc. cetera. I've, I've got my nursing, you, you know, I'm, I'm not an idiot. I'm not, you no, know. No, I'm with of- you. I'm with you. And I believe, and I just want to know your feeling on this. See, I really feel like when they did land in Roswell and a lot of them were taken to Wright-Patterson Air Force Base in Dayton. I mean, there's a lot of us that know what went on and know that there were bodies and know that they tried to keep everything secret. And of course, as people have gotten older, like a lot of the military guys on their deathbed, you know, have said, yes, you know, they were they were here. But I think it's this is what I feel. And I want to know what you think. You know, I feel like we have a lot of extraterrestrials under ground. I feel like the reptilians are underground. I feel like they've always been underground. I think they might have even been here before us. I think there are good ETs and I think there are bad ETs. And I think not just our government, but I think all the governments have made deals with these guys in order to get the technology. Don't you? Okay. (laughs) That's what I yeah, I believe they've made uh, deals definitely with the Greys. From what I've read, I've done a lot of research into it because of what happened to me. Um, but uh, if that is the case, and I, I think I said this right at the end of my book, I think we need an amnesty of some sort because I personally would not uh, place a lawsuit if tomorrow I was told and given evidence that, yes, you were handed over to them. I've forgiven them for that already. I feel that because I'm a Christian anyway, I continue to be a Christian. There you go. That I forgive them. Um, if that's what was the reason that I was initially contacted by the Greys and experimented on, well, okay, um, I'm prepared to forgive. But I think with the Nordics or Pleiadians, there were more benevolent interactions with me. There was a protective aspect to that. Um, as I mentioned in my book. Um, and as for them walking amongst us, I believe definitely there are, I've met Pleiadians on the ground. Um, there was one particular uh, time in 2008 when I was told, um, come and meet us, telepathic message. I don't know whether you remember reading that in my book. No, I don't, uh, but talk about that. Uh, yeah, and, I, and I, I thought, I feel a bit of a book. They give me a time. They told me a coffee shop. Um, it was Waterstones Coffee Shop where I live, uh, which was upstairs. And they said, be there at one and we'll be there. And uh, I went feeling a bit of a burk. And sure enough, these two young people suddenly came in dead on one. And they were dressed identically in kind of navy blue mechanics overalls. I mean, and they had kind of strange boots on, which didn't have fasteners. Uh, and sh- there was a girl and a boy and he had... He was dark and looked like he was from, he looked Asian. And she was, she looked very like one of the Nordics. And what struck me right away was that they both had 
much larger eyes than most humans, um, which has been documented. And I looked at them and I tried to send in a telepathic message to the girl as I'd got my coffee and I'd sat down and I said, is it you? And she actually nodded at me, uh, made a, a, a um, made a point of standing up and nodding at me, just bending her head slightly, and then they both cleared off. And I thought, well, that shows to me that they really, you know, I just have this knowing that they were who they said yeah, they yeah. were. Yeah. I just met two, uh, and, and I ran out after them. And the strange thing is, if they had been ordinary people, where that shop is situated, that, that bookshop, they wouldn't have been able to get away so fast. I would have seen them, and they completely vanished from the street. Now there's no way, because I ran really fast after them. Yeah, I feel like it's exactly what you said. They wanted you to see them, to know they're there with your own eyes. And that yeah. way, when you wrote the book and you came on to talk about it, you could say you've really seen them, you know. Well, there was a, another instance where um, in 2020, during lockdown, um, I saw, um, I believe he was an audit male in my bedroom and he uh, let me see him. And then I, I was terrified because, of course, it does frighten you. And, and I went to reach for my light instinctively and, and he just vanished. But then another night... Uh, a few nights after, I tried pointing my uh, camera on of my phone, you know, my mobile phone, uh, yeah. into the dark and just clicked. And I don't know whether he allowed this or what, but he, I, um, I, I caught a photograph of him, um, and he was extremely tall, about seven feet tall, um, and he had some kind of a apparatus, breathing apparatus over his face. Um, and, and you could see a bit of his blonde hair, like wisp it coming out from under a cap. Um, I could send you that if you like. Um, yes. Yeah. yeah and he, he's so tall that my dressing table mirror only comes up to his waist. That's how tall he was. Do you think um, he's a time traveler? Why am I picking up that he might be a time traveler? Well, that's a possibility. Um, Has he had the apparatus on his face? Why would he have that if he wasn't a time traveler from somewhere well, else? Do you know what well, I mean? it's possible that he thought he might get infected by me because it, it, the COVID uh, lockdown. Oh, just, oh. <laughs> yeah. So he, he perhaps he was protecting himself. Possibly. Uh, as for being a time, time traveler, I really have no idea. I would love to know people's thoughts on that. Um, it, I, I really don't know. Um, obviously, me having written a book is going to send some waves through time, isn't it? Yeah. Um, if, <laughs> somebody's ancestor I don't know you just don't right. well let's I want to go back a little bit I want to talk about you were driving and I'm looking for it in my notes where you were driving and you saw um you kind of got lost and you got turned around and you saw this ship do you mind talking about that a little bit no not at all um what happened was um how this started was that um I start I, I saw um white zigzagging lights that were kind of coming apart and coming back together in one big white light over a field off the B6263 where I live. And at that time, now there's a, an estate in front of us, they built an estate, but at that time there was nothing in front of me. It was just all fields. So you could see right out across the fields as far as towards the distant mountains. Um, and I watched these and I thought, what on earth is this? Um, and I, and um, then 
about uh, um, the same night that I first saw these, um, about 4am, because it was very hot, it was summertime, it was around August, um, I looked out of my window again and uh, I was just going to go and make some tea or something because I couldn't sleep with the heat because we don't have air conditioning. And um, I saw a huge cylindrical craft in that same field, hovering above the field. It had orange and green lights around the uh, band, the, the, the side of it, intermittently flashing. And then as if it was showing off, it went on its side like a wheel and just balanced on its side in the field. And I, and I thought, am I hallucinating was my first thought. Yeah. And it was almost yeah. like they were saying, yes, we're here. Look what we can do. Um, and incidentally, when my mum, who was an, an extremely down-to-earth lady, um, would never make anything up in a thousand years, very down-to-earth lady from Lancashire, from the north of England, um, she saw um, a red UFO, it was lit up red in that same field, taking power off one of the pylons, and she didn't come and wake me up. I was really cross with her. I said, why didn't you wake me up? She said, oh, I didn't want to wake you up. She said, but I watched it fascinated for ages. It was just taking power off the pylon. So that's another almost circumstantial evidence, you know, that another witness other than me saw things in this field. And then I drove out to the field um, when the white light, zigzagging lights came back to investigate. And what happened was that there was an egg-shaped craft, a large egg-shaped craft, I would estimate the height of at least two cars on the side, uh, at the side of the road. And it was open in the middle like a sort of hatch door, or I'm presuming a sliding door or something. And there were there were two, and I, be, I believe there were males, one on either side, as if they were waiting for me to come. Mm -hmm. But because I had two young children at that time, I was terrified and I thought, are they going to take me and not bring me back? Right. All these things through my head. So right. I drove off uh, in an absolute panic. And the next thing I did was absolutely defied logic. Um, I'll never know why I did what I did. Perhaps because I was so confused or were they controlling it, I, I, I don't know. Um, but I know that you have to drive right around the roundabout to come back, to turn around, to come back into the village. What did I do? I took the first left exit, which leads lead you up the M6 South towards um, the next stop. And what I did when I realised I'd gone on to the motorway, I knew there was a service station about 10 minutes up. So I pulled in there thinking I could turn around, but what I'm going to say to you will make sense in a minute, but you couldn't. Um, but there was um, what appeared to me to be a plain white lorry waiting there. And uh, a man leaned out and indicated, um, you know, he didn't say anything to me. This is a strange thing. Um, I And I shouted to him uh, that I was in a bit of a panic. Could he help me to turn back around and head back north towards Scotland? And uh, he just, he didn't say anything. He just indicated for me to follow him. But the strange, weird thing was about this lorry was, when I look back on it, was all that I could see as he was leading me or you know, allegedly leading me, I say that loosely, was this big white wall in front of me. Now, if you are in a, a following a lorry at night, you're going to see its back lights, aren't you? I'm, I'm right, aren't I? Yeah. You, yeah. You're not going to see a big white wall, are you? You're going, or you're going to see, at the very least, its tyres and its back lights. And I didn't see that. And yet that didn't alarm me at the time. Now, why not? And then suddenly I felt myself being plunked or I felt like a shift and I was back on the road heading north and I breathed a sigh of relief. I drove home and my husband said, where the heck have you been? It's 5 a.m. And oh, I set up 3 a.m. 
you know, around that time because I looked and I just thought, this is really, really weird. And then when what felt like to me that I was going over a bridge following this, the back of this white truck, truck in inverted commas, um, when I look back on it, I went back to that that uh, service station to see if there was a bridge. There is no bridge. There's a pedestrian bridge, but there is no road bridge. You have to go to the next J43 to turn around and head back north. You can't do it. So were you flying and the whole time? I wonder if I was picked up by a craft because I knew what state I was in. I know. Actually seeing was the white wall of a hangar or something where until they could put me down safely heading back north. You felt, the, you felt the plump. Yeah, I felt something. And and at the time, it was like they were deceiving me, my brain to think you're following a lorry. But I don't think I was. I wish I, well, I'm going to be regressed. I don't oh, wish I, I, I'm in touch with someone that um, is British and he, he's offered to regress me back to that night because I would like to try and recover memories that have been erased. Um, I really believe that I was on board some kind of huge craft or something. Or they picked you, know? you up. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. You know, it feels like you've always been taken care of, but you've been shown these things from the time you were little. So that when this time in your life came that you could write this. Oh, I think so. Yes, when I look back, which is why I I am more towards thinking that I am a volunteer of some sort and that I'm here to kind of most people uh, do not think about ETs on a, you know, they don't they might watch Star Trek or sci-fi and like things like that, but they don't actually believe they exist in reality um and I think it's going this would become it's going to be a huge shock, especially if the decision is made after all this time to let these new technologies out into the open and seed them into our, um, you know, outside of black projects, um, yeah. which will change everything. It could dramatically, it's going to well, be a huge thing, you know, change everything. So, yeah. It, yeah. As you're talking, I'm thinking it would change. You know, I know they have the med beds where. Yeah. Where, you know, of course, the the whole medical system and all the pharmacies and all this big money, you know, big pharma. See, all that will go away once we have med beds because there will be no need. And so in my mind, I'll just say this. I feel like a lot of this has been kept away to keep all the big business going and not to help. I agree. And not to help people at all. You know what I mean? This is all about money and all about greed and all about control, you know. It is, of course, it is, and even people like Tesla that have invented things have been suppressed, haven't they? Even people, I believe Tesla was a, a walk-in actually, or a volunteer incarnate as well. Um, that's been suppressed, hasn't it? Um, and anybody that invents anything that would run on water is immediately shut down, and things like this. And there's a there's a, new, a vested interest on the part of elites, isn't there, to keep all this hidden for the well, obvious yeah. reasons. But I, I, I actually feel as if the ETs will eventually say enough is enough and overrule that. That's my strong feeling. Yeah, now, okay, so is it the ETs? Is it the creator? Is it, you know, there? that's when, yes, I believe there's going to be a stop to it. But there, that, therein lies the, the whole thing. Is it going to be 
the ETs that come in and do it? Is there going to be, is Jesus going to come down in a ship? You know what I mean? Is there a, is it all just connected and we're just separating it? You know what I'm saying? The honest answer to that is, I honestly don't know. Um, but um, I, I know I believe you talk about Jesus. I think the Christ spirit is one of selfless love, isn't it? Let's face it, to treat others as you want to be treated. And one of the reasons that I think the star seeds were sent was to try and make the world into a better place. And certainly I feel as if from a young age that I was called to be of service to humanity. Um, I've always chosen jobs that have served humanity. Um, even as we speak uh, after this uh, podcast, I'm, I, I am a volunteer uh, counsellor. I'm going to go to work after this as a counsellor. Um, so, and I don't get paid for that at all. Um, so, you know, I, um, I feel we are partly here to assist this change. Um, I think, also to raise consciousness um, and to make people more aware that we are really all all one, that we're not separate, that that's just an illusion. And that anybody that hurts someone else, you know, is really only hurting themselves inevitably. Um, and it will come back on them, I think. Right. Uh, call it karma, call it what you will. Yeah, I really agree with you. And I really like what you said in this book that you're an incarnate volunteer, because I believe I am too. I don't get paid to do this show. I do it. Yes. Because I yeah. want to help and I want to give this information yes. out. And there's like this, I'll just say this, and I want to know if you have this too. I have this like yearning, it like right in my gut that I'm supposed to do this and I have to do this. Like there's no ifs and buts about it. Did you feel that way too about putting this book together? I did, and I was given a, a kick up the bottom, I think, by my Nordic uh, family, literally, because um, I, I twice had a sighting of the same Nordic male. I don't know whether he's a guardian or a family or something, but I felt this really strong connection with him. And I saw him um, on two occasions and connected up. And um, we saw him in the late, I saw him in the late district. I didn't say anything to my family, but it, he was staring at me so intensely and I felt like he was saying, will Dude. you stop hiding your story and write it down and get it out there um, and stop hiding it. You're here to do this. Stop, stop um, hiding your story and get it out there. Yeah. Wow. That is so funny. Thank you for that because yeah. I feel that way too. It's like I'm writing right now about the angels because I tell everybody there's yeah. angels and they're like, Put it oh, there are definitely yeah and i've been writing but then i stop and then i'm <laughs> we'll do it it's, uh, yeah because yeah. you 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 start to do your own life and then you're like it's a spiritual and the and the material and you have to have the balance and that's what it kind of is like you said you know after the show you go out and do volunteer work and go back to normality whatever you want to call normality but so what's the response been so far from the book i want to hear anything um i've had a couple of nice magazine reviews um uh, and it has been kind of, it was doing really well in America. I, kept, yeah, I, I try not to look, but I can't resist looking at Amazon USA, uh, all the, there's sort of ESP and there's UFOs and something else. And you look nice. at them 
Um, and it kind of went down in the American charts, but conversely, it's gone up in the UK charts. I'm something like number 18 in ESP bestsellers or wow. 16. Yeah, or I was the other day, although it changes every day. Um, and I found that very encouraging. Yes. Um, but um, I think initially the pre-orders weren't great as far as I could ascertain for my publisher. Um, so it's been a bit of a roller coaster of a ride um, for me. Um, but I, my main concern is to get the message of it out there. Um, yes, people yes. actually ask me, did you do it for money or I didn't do it for money or fame. Anyone that knows me, and this is going to surprise you, will tell you that I'm uh, an ex. Uh, I'm an extrovert, but really, I'm I'm an introvert. If that makes sense, I'm an introvert masquerading as an extrovert because <laughs> I push myself out of my comfort zone. When I was little, I was an elected mute, um, and I think I may even be on the autistic spectrum myself uh, because I wouldn't communicate with people or joining with the other kids. As I've got older, I've become far more sociable, but um, I, I think it's been hard for me is what I'm trying to say, to do the jobs I've chosen to do. Right. Because I'm naturally, I'm not a naturally extrovert person. And for both nursing and for teaching, you have to be fairly extroverted in your, because you're working with the public a lot, of course. And You're not of this world. That's why. That's probably what it is. Yeah. I've struggled with, yeah. yeah. I have um, one more question before I let you go. I just want to ask you this one question, you know, and I've got another guy coming on in a couple of days. He's been in Canada. He does Skywatch. You know, I've been to Skywatch where we all go out here in Arizona, Sedona. Yeah. We go to Sedona and we watch all the ships and everything. And, but what I've noticed is uh, here in the U S and I just want to know if this is happening there or what you've heard. We are having so many more sightings than we've ever had before. And I, I mean, just a ton, like you can get on, you know, your phone and just see so many sightings of ships. What do you think? What's going on? Is it time? Um, I think there's some reason for that is, which I think I did say in my book, we now have the mobile phones. We all, we all own one, don't we? Most of us. So there may be, uh, that could be a reason why people are reporting more and seeing more. Again, I think there's a sea change. People are more believed because of this, and that's a good thing. Um, but also, I have a strong feeling, call it in, you know, you said the phrase in my gut earlier, and I feel the same way. Um, they are increasing over northwestern England um, at the moment. I can tell you that um, because I'm in a group that's northwest because I'm Northwest, um, and they report them, and I, and I look at that more or less every other day. Okay. Um, so we're starting to see more and more. I have seen quite a lot of them myself, different types. I've seen one of the triangle ones when I was with my son coming on from school, my eldest son, he was about eight at that point, and it came right over us, and it came from the direction of Scotland. And I said, are you seeing what I'm seeing? Because I couldn't believe my eyes, and he said, yeah. yes, Mum, okay. and it flew right us um i've also as i said i've seen the cylindrical craft and the egg-shaped craft and i've had other people say to me that the pleiadians uh, are driving the tic-tac shaped craft okay. and i've seen the anger on a mothership when i was taken by i believe the pleiadians so if they are tic-tac shaped you can bet they're going to be pleiadian or the nordic ships i certainly feel they have they want disclosure 
although I don't know for certain. I believe that there are enclaves of them on the ground walking amongst us and trying to influence things, perhaps. Um, I, I actually pick up on their energy. I know that's hard to understand, perhaps, but no, I, I would that. never, ever say, oh, look, I wouldn't blow that, you know, you know, but I tend you to blow their cover energy and even connect with them sometimes. No, 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 no way, no way. I'm on this, you know. Just, just I love I'll it. Just say, yeah, yeah. I know you're here. Hey, yeah, nothing funny. to see here, sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, kind of what losing, was that? I'm kind of losing you a little bit. But if somebody wants to get in touch with you, oh. and share an experience, or just talk with you, do you have a website or an email that they can contact you? Yeah, there's an email right at the back of my book. They're welcome to contact me via that. A man from New York recently did contact me right at the end of my book. It's ditsy10 at gmail.com. Can you see it there? I'm looking for it. I'm seeing it. right. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, find, I'll put it, I'll look for it and I'll put it um at the end. Oh, here it is. Um, okay. Ditsy10 at G, oh, I love it, at gmail.com. <laughs> Okay, D-I-T-S-Y, the number 10 at gmail.com. The book is called Phantoms in the Night or ETs, My Lifelong Experience of Contact with the Paranormal. It's by Lorraine McAdam, and she's joining us today from England. I'm so glad, and thank you for sharing this with us. This is a big deal. It was a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you. And what I could do is I do have a boot page on uh, Facebook. I could send you the link for it after. Yes, please. Email, yes. Email. I think they're welcome to follow my page and contact me there. Or okay. um, And it's available on Amazon and six books if they want to buy the book. Okay. They just put Lorraine McAdam into the search engine of either. Cool stories. Yeah, we didn't tell them all. Yeah, we didn't tell them all on the show today. So you're going to have to pick up the book. But it's very interesting. And thanks for putting it together. And thanks for sharing your story with us. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Um, I can send you the links if you like as well. I can send you the links to my book if you like. The okay. six book one as well. All okay, right. I'll do that. That sounds Great. perfect. Hey, you guys, listen, if anybody wants an angel reading, go to my website, nancyyearout.com. Also, all the shows, the podcast, as well as all the YouTube videos are on my website, nancyyearout.com, as well as my messages that I bring forth from Archangel Gabriel. I hope everybody has a terrific day. Thanks for joining us. Remember to subscribe to the show and God bless.